And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have, first of all, respect. The second one is commitment. The third one, passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable. Hello and welcome into the Non-Negotiable Podcast. I'm Gavin and I'm here tonight with Justin. Hello, Juz. Hey, Gav. And welcome back, Pascal. How are you doing, Paz? I'm good, Gav. Good, good. Well, we said it was going to be a pivotal week. I don't think it was, <laughs> but um, it mm. was kind of uh, as you were by the end of it. But um, let's go through it from the, from the get-go. So Saturday morning, early start from uh, our point of view up for the Man City Liverpool game. Um, Jazz, they um, when Liverpool took the lead early, you're kind of thinking this is this is exactly what we need. Yeah, when they when they uh, scored first, I was getting pretty optimistic. I thought um, <clears throat> it had been you know decently level, but Liverpool was getting some chances, and you know at that point, I was just hoping they were going to hold on. And well, you know what happened. Yeah, and they City looked a bit dodgy opening. Did you? Um, did you just? I know you. I know our kickoff is one of your favourite things. Did you see Man City try and incorporate our kickoff and Edison nearly give a goal away immediately I, because he just hit Mo Salah with a ball? Yeah, I, uh, I, I was a little late to watching the game, but I saw it uh, later on, and yeah, it was. Um... I I really don't like that kickoff. But, no, you know. I, I could see as he hit it, I could imagine you being torn between screaming, you fucking moron, and jumping up cheering. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, um, you know, Liverpool, they, they started they started okay, like Justin. It was a bit of a 50-50 game, but Man City got back in it. And, and there was only one winner, really, when they, once they got back in it. Yeah, I think I think because Liverpool's, uh, we all know their their midfield is a real issue for them, um, and uh, defensively is a big problem as well. So, I think once that goal went in, you kind of the writing was on the wall. I I just thought I know Salah tends to turn up against uh, Man City, but um, I I don't I just felt that wasn't enough. If they could have held on to the one nil, maybe get the one one, but I think. Once City scored, I just uh, you just felt it was, and it was so early on as well. I think the uh, the uh, they they got the equaliser. If memory serves me correct, because I I'm kind of in patches with that one because it's it was, early in it the was morning. Thirty seventh uh, minute, so I think, I think yeah. So Liverpool before half time, right? On, and then yeah, they, Liverpool scored on twenty. Scored an early second then, one. Yeah, and they levelled like ten minutes after. And then it was an early goal in the second half yes. um, that they scored, and then that was it. You just knew this is done. Yeah, uh, and you, you know you're saying that. You're saying that defensively they were dodgy. I mean, Trent didn't even look interested in defending. I mean, he gave Grealish the, the space of Manchester, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. And um, I think midfield is also a big problem for them. It's not what it was, was it? I mean, Henderson just looks, I think he looks done. Um, if you've got Oxlade-Chamberlain coming on to save the day, then, you know, you've got um, not not no disrespect to him, but he's not really someone who's going to be a game changer for you. Um, and that's if he can stay fit for uh, you know a few minutes um uh, i think fabinho is is totally not the player he was so i, I just think all round they look but you know we all know what will happen next week so yeah. <laughs> suddenly have this amazing renaissance but <laughs> yeah, um, i mean but they're um, still, you know they're still capable at home of putting in great performances every, yeah of course aren't they? That, that, yeah. that's the thing but yeah. they're, they're a team that does look like their cycle is coming to an end it does look like it and it 
You know, I, I always have I had time for them as a team, actually. I have time for them as a team because we're kind of, in a way, we're kind of what they were a few years back in that it's a team that's organically grown. They've got youth players that have come in. They've been astute in the transfer market. They're not bankrolled as such by by um, a Petro nation. Um, and it's kind of the um, the antidote to what City are. So, you know, we're kind of that now, what they were. So I have time for them as a team. And, and you know, it's a historical club, traditional club. So, you know, I, it is um, you, you kind of want these teams around because, uh, you know, it, with Newcastle winning today and seeing them climbing up, it's... It's just you know I I I'm just uh, that's another discussion but yeah they don't look to be in a good shape though I wouldn't sack but honestly between me I know we talked about this but I think you'd stick with Klopp I wouldn't I wouldn't sack him over this season to be honest no and Liverpool have been here before remember I mean the year that Van Dijk was injured they struggled to make top four and they yeah and they came back into it you know but we'll we'll get into Liverpool more on the uh on the pod later in the week when we start to look forward to to Anfield but really you know this weekend is and and the rest of the season it's about us and it's about Manchester City and I thought without Haaland just they they looked quite ominous didn't they going forward especially in that second half I mean they they killed that game off pretty ruthlessly that was kind of in the back of my head for a lot of the game. Just like, oh yeah, this is um, you know the 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 Manchester City that's scary. They just um, <clears throat> look. I don't want to uh, be one of those voices that says you know Holland makes them worse or or anything. But just the way they play without him is just so like interchangeable and fluid and and um, you know it, yeah, it's scary. And they do seem to be hitting form right now. But you know, I do wonder if if Liverpool would have had a better chance if they had Holland. You know. Um, having a focal point that they could, you know, kind of mark out of the game. Uh, I, you know, there's just no marking like a strikerless city. <laughs> yeah, it, it it just it wasn't the best way to to start the day. Basically, I mean, I was uh, I was in and out on it. I start I watched the start of it, and then I had to run out. And by the time I got back, it was three one. Like I only missed about twenty five minutes. And yeah. uh, it was it was three one and it was it was done and then the fourth one went in and and that's that but you know that's we were talking about this last week that that might be the last place I really see that they had an opportunity to to drop points yeah. um, I just I if you look at their run now it, I just I don't see it they've started to hit form um, I don't see where the points are going to get dropped now so that was that was disappointing um, so I think any any hopes we had of trying to get favours, I think disappeared on Saturday. And I think what this says now is we need to do this ourselves, right? Pass. Yeah, it does. Uh, I mean, I, I still, I mean, you could also say, but you know, you look at Brentford when they play Brentford at home, would you have seen that as them losing when they played Forest away? Would you have seen that as a draw? So, you know, I still think as much as, Yes, looking at that that fixture list and looking at the way they're playing, it does look ominous. But I, I still feel there's some turns um, around, um, and I, I don't I don't think it's a formality, especially with the fact that they have yeah they've got a big squad. I know that, but they have a lot more games than us to play. So um, you know that might come into it. Maybe there's certain commitments towards the Champions League, which is going to come into play as well. They got a really tough game against Bayern. 
Um, but absolutely, 100%, it's on us. It's uh, what we do, and I think Mikel is making that absolutely, uh, he's making that point very, and even Ben White, <laughs> who was uh, who said that he doesn't watch football. <laughs> so uh, I think he's made that very clear that um, it's all about us, 100%, it is. Yeah, and I think that's the attitude. And, and like I said, with, with that happening in the morning, just the pressure that we talked about switching from team to team, it very much moved on to us before kickoff, right? Yeah, it did. And uh, I'm not going to lie to you. It Having that uh, that the game before our game, after seeing the score, killed a, a lot of joy I had in watching ours. <laughs> um, it, was, uh, it was a rough 4-1 win for us, if that makes sense, you know? Well, you know what? I, I I have a theory on this. I think when I saw that score, and like I said, I, I, I was kind of in and out watching it was, honestly, I was I was probably more nervous watching their game than I was watching our game. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it kind of felt like a defeat to me. Do you know what I mean? Like them beating Liverpool, especially like that, felt to me like an Arsenal defeat. Yeah, it really did. Um you know, I just, yeah, it's kind of like what you said, you know, it, it was kind of one of the last games that you uh, could really pin a lot of hope that they would drop points, you know, and just seeing them kind of roll over Liverpool like that, you know, it 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 did, it, it felt kind of like a loss. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So on to our game Any, anyway, it was uh, over to you and there was a little bit of a surprise in the starting lineup, which we didn't find out the reason why until a little bit later on, but um. Nobukayo Saka. Other than that, it was it was as we expected. Partey was past fit, so he started. Um, Trossard played out wide on the right. Uh, Paz, when you saw the team sheet, other than absolute shock that Nobukayo <laughs> Saka wasn't starting, and then the paralyzing fear of why isn't he starting? Um, you know, you saw their lineup as well. They were without half a team. It, it really didn't feel like it was going to be a problem pre-kickoff. No, it didn't look like it. Um, Saka, yeah, you, you do get this feeling in your stomach. Why is Saka not uh, starting? Um, because even though he did play two ninety, well, more or less 90-minute games for England, um, you just still can't see Mikel putting him on the bench um, uh, for for resting purposes, etc. But it came to light, obviously, he had a, a bug of some sort, I think, on Friday. Um, so, you know, that that made sense. I, I looked at our starting lineup and even Sackless, uh still strong, Jesus in the the center of it. I looked at Leeds and it just looked like they wanted it. They, they were just, you know, using it as a free hit. Um, they had a midweek game, I think. Is it Palace? I think they have a midweek game. I think they've got which Forest. Which is a six-pointer. Yeah, is it Forest? Forest. Yeah, I think it's uh, Forest. It was, it's one of the teams near Someone right the around back them. end, right? And mm-hmm. it's a six-pointer. So um, I think their eyes were on that. Um, so, yeah, I did look at it. I Yeah, I go back to what you just said about the City game. It was demoralizing slightly, but... Again, I've, we've seen it before. I, I know with what we have left, but we've seen it before where we've gone into games and City have won. I, I just, uh, I, I didn't feel, um, I didn't feel in any way apprehensive about this particular game, though. No, and you know, and like I said, we found out afterwards about the stomach bug that had ripped through the camp. Um, I guess Ben White had it too, and that's why Ben White shuffled off down the uh, down the tunnel yeah. when they were warming up. So. You know, there's a couple of mitigating 
factors to this. You, you had the international break, and it's always a slog starting after the international break. But I know me and you saw this a little bit differently, Paz, um, because mm. I actually thought this was a really poor performance from the very start, and you you weren't quite so quite so down on it. Uh, yeah, I, I I try not to get too too. I try not to get affect me when we're not hitting you know, third gear or top gear when we're playing. Because I've seen it in other games before where we don't... Yeah, again, they had a... Like Bournemouth, they did our... Uh, Justin's favourite um, kickoff. They did the same. And then they had a shot straight at the goal. Um, so it wasn't... You know, those kind of things don't bode well, I know, because we saw that against Bournemouth. And uh, But I I'd still... I, I didn't... I don't know. It's, it's difficult to explain. I didn't feel... Yeah, I didn't feel it was great. I wouldn't say, yeah, I would expect more. But I, I, I just feel there's enough quality in this team to turn it around, even when we're not really playing well. And, um, yeah, I, I didn't see it as too much to be alarmed about. But I'm not going to disagree with you with the fact that we didn't play particularly well. We didn't play well. Uh, but I didn't think we were awful. Yeah, I mean, I was never really worried about the result. I thought the game was always going to be pretty much in hand, even that stupid kickoff again where Zinchenko and uh, and Big Gabby managed to get... And, and I thought Big Gabby actually was one of our better players on the day. Um, mm. But uh, him and Zinchenko, and, and Zinchenko had a poor game, uh, but they, they kind of got themselves in a mess. It was a simple save. I mean, that's a save. I think even Melier at the other end would have saved that. It was, <laughs> it was that simple a save. Barely. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it, it, you know, you had that, and by the time we got the penalty, they'd actually had three shots on target to <laughs> to our none at that point. So it was just a sluggish, slow start. Um, coming on to the the penalty, just I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be overturned once it was given. You could see there was contact there, and there's this ridiculous thing where well, there's contact, so it's a penalty. But in reality, that's never a penalty, is it? know man i kind of um i mean he he took a uh like the bottom of a you know the boot right to the kneecap um there wasn't a lot of force in it but i could definitely see that being enough to knock somebody down uh you're right it was never going to be overturned but i i didn't think it was uh some blatant dive either um you know Paz, what did you see in that because i'm interested to get get the view here because i just i don't know I, there, there was barely any contact and i just uh... I would be furious if that had been given against us. As his microphone's gone down, we'll come. We'll come back and visit that. So, but just the um, the penalty itself, <laughs> Jesus has got a pretty poor penalty taking record. I mean, I think for his for his career, I think he's a, around about a fifty percent penalty taker, which is ludicrous for a player of his quality and. Uh, it just about squeaked in down the middle, didn't it? Yeah, and he looked nervous too, I think. Um, you know, he took a couple deep breaths and, uh, you know, he's got that that look, you know, where he he almost looks like he's on the verge of tears, you know, very expressive eyebrows. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a close one. I think maybe against a, a better keeper, he, he might have had a little trouble, but, you know, waited for the keeper to uh, commit to a direction and then just hit it down the middle. You know, it's a goal. Yeah, and I think he needed that goal. We we said this last week yeah. that, we, that he desperately needed a goal, and I think that's why he took it. I don't think he would. I've got to be honest with you. I think had 
if he'd have scored last week, I think he'd have been about fifth in line to take that to take that <laughs> penalty. I think Martinelli, Trussard, Odegaard would would all definitely have been uh, been in front of him in the queue in the queue to take that one. Um, Paz, are you back with us? Yeah. Okay, perfect. So, so what did you think of the penalty award? Because again, I want to go back to this because I want to I want to f- see what your thoughts were on it. I, I thought it was a penalty. I I I saw a few people. I, I think yeah, he's uh, he's kind of exaggerated slightly, but the fact is he 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 um he touches his knee. You know, his legs up, bang onto the knee. What do you expect the striker to do? He's going to stay in his feet. He's going to. He's anticipated that obviously because Ailing's gone down uh, for some reason. He's lost his footing. Then puts his leg, raises it up, touches his knee. Ah. Uh, I, for me, it's a penalty. I mean, I yes, soft, but I mean, how many of them do we see now in the Premier League, which are relatively soft, but they're not overturned by VAR because there's contact, and he's rightly gone down. Um, I I saw it as a pen, um, soft or not. I think it's a pen, um, and uh, I think it was the right decision. Yeah, see, I think it's a 2023 penalty, and I lived my life in 1994. So I think <laughs> yeah. I- I think that's. I know, that's I know, I get that, I get that, I get, absolutely get that, a hundred percent. I mean, we saw Rodri the other day. What did he do to Odegaard? I mean, yeah. you know, and that got nothing. But yeah. I, I, I just, you know, I, I, I will call it out. I don't care if it's my team or not. But I, I do. I feel from what we have been seeing and what referees have been giving, that looked a penalty. Well, so from there, we kind of, the game kind of calmed down a little bit. It was a little bit less end-to-end and we started taking a little bit more control. And we we almost got a second one about five minutes later um, when Melier came out, made a mess of the clearance and Martinelli hooked it back from about 40 yards out. And I don't know what Aileen was doing. He he almost fell over the (laughs) board into the the net. (laughs) Paz, that would have been a funny one. That was funny, actually. It was kind of, it looked like slow motion for a minute then, or, you know, you just kind of were envisaging the Benny Hill music at the point. It was just so odd. Um, but yeah, it would have been a, would have been a funny goal to score. And it was very, a good opportunity to play by Martinelli as well, uh, to, to get on to that. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Ailing uh, wasn't doing himself too many favours there. He did clear it in the end, to be fair to him. Yeah, he got it away, and I guess that's what counts. But I thought Martinelli going forward was our, was probably our brightest player on the day. Um, I think he had more take-ons than anybody else. He had more successful dribbles than anybody else. Um, and the second half, we we came out, and I, it looked like we'd uh, it looked like we'd sorted some stuff out at half time. Um, immediately after Zinchenko plays in Martinelli actually wasn't a great ball and Martinelli had to check back but he sat his man down and beautiful ball across and just Ben White steaming in at the bar po- far post in off the bar yeah I, I really like that goal actually uh I've been a big fan of Ben White this season um <clears throat> you know he's he's just a, a real character so I, I always love seeing him on the score sheet but yeah great goal to run in you know far post and and kiss the bottom of the bar uh you couldn't happen to a better guy really <laughs> Yeah, and he'd 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 had a pretty poor first half. I think we'd we'd yeah. all said that he, he you know he looked pretty ropey, um, and in hindsight we know he had the bug, so that kind of kind of explains a lot about it. Um, but uh, it was it was good for him to get that because he he must have been he must have been <laughs> feeling pretty rotten. I think by the way he was uh, the way that first half went with with the sickness. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, you know. 
I find uh, it's been a little weird with Ben White this season. He's he's had a couple um, he's had a couple questionable performances, but you know I feel like the 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 team itself, you know that back line always you know covers comfortably if someone's having an off day, you know. And and I think he redeemed himself quite a bit. Not just the goal, but he had a better second half too. Yeah, um, and then the, the third goal, um, it was it was another good goal. We we actually did score some. We scored three very mm. good goals, other than the penalty. I thought uh, it was um, lovely little play from Jesus taking the ball off Rob Holding, turning, coming inside. He, he plays a really good ball between the lines to Trossard because he could have taken the easy option and gone wide right to Ben White and just started recycling it, but. He he decided to come in for Trossard. Trossard took it well, went on, turned back. And that's a ball that's played back into Jesus' path, right, Pass. I mean, he, he saw him coming in, he played it back, and it's a lovely finish. Yeah, it was totally intentional. It was great interchange. Um, I think that's also what kind of gives me a little bit of optimism, even when we're not really playing well. We're scoring some really good goals. Um, and this was a, a clear indication of that. It was just some wonderful um, first initial pass to Trossard from Jesus. And then his quick thought, which Trossard we know can do that. He's got a quick mind of thought, sees Jesus make the run. Jesus anticipates the pass. It's a beautiful goal, fantastic goal. And um, I think that's that's kind of now what we're seeing with this fluidity with our front three. Um, and this is without, uh, um, I, this is not including Saka at that, that particular moment because it was between Jesus and uh, Trossard. But it just shows you. Um, how fluid that attack is, and that's exactly what um, Arteta's intention has been all along. But it was it was great to watch, great great move, and another assist for Trossard. Yeah, and it was interesting because that goal probably it doesn't happen that way if Saka's on the pitch, right? Because Jesus dropped back into midfield over to the right, Trossard moved into the centre forward position, and that's not something we see Saka do. So it's it was it was one of them that. If Saka's on the pitch, I I don't think that I don't think that go that goes in funnily enough. But so that goes in, and you're kind of thinking, let's let's lay a marker down now. And we just went into one of them periods again where where we got really really sloppy on the ball. Um, and about ten minutes later, we get a little move by Leeds. Aronson wriggles through. He gets past. He gets past Big Gabby and. Uh, Ramsdale made a really good save at his near post. It might have been his, his best save of the day, actually. Just, it's, uh, I mean, I'm glad that that one didn't go in because we could have been in real trouble at that point. Yeah, and this seems to happen to us uh, occasionally, kind of, um, I, you know, getting caught sleeping. Um, but yeah, a, a nice move by Aronson. Um, Ramsdale looked like, you know, uh, I don't know. I feel good about, you know, like the, the back line and, and him being comfortable enough to save it. But, you know, always some uh, some scary moments keeping us on our heels, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, it was less than 10 minutes later when they, they did get the they did get the goal back. It was a breakaway. We had plenty back. We had six or seven players back in the box, but no one picked up the man coming from deep. Ball comes across. A little bit unlucky because the ball comes off of Zinchenko's back and and flies into the flies further into the corner. I, I don't think there's anything Ramsdale can do when it when it takes a deflection, you know, twelve yards away from your face. Um, but I wasn't again. I wasn't worried at that point, but it was annoying, just wasn't it, to see that go in. Yeah, it really was, and uh, I thought it was really poor by by Ramsdale at first. Um, you know, yeah, I, I think I think we all did. Before you see the deflection, you're going, well, it's right next to him. 
yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, seeing the deflection, you know, it made me feel better about it. And, you know, there, there's nothing you can really do a lot of times with deflections. Um, but yeah, my, my initial uh, reaction was that it was really poor. Um, and I mean, you know, you know, he's pissed about it. The back line's pissed about it. You know, they get mad um, not keeping clean sheets. So um, really unfortunate. But I mean, the game was firmly in our control at that point. Yeah, I mean the game. The game was done. Uh, but if you look at the numbers again, and this is where I was at with a start, we didn't dominate that game in any way, shape, or form. We just yeah. scored the goals. We 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 didn't dominate. Um, so when that goal went in, I wasn't worried that they were going to get back into it. I was more pissed because we'd done such a good job over the last couple of months of pulling that goal difference back. And yeah. you're thinking, you know, you're looking at a lead side that have already, as Paz said earlier got one mind on Forest or Palace. I think it's Forest, but it could be Palace in midweek. So they've already got one mind there. Um, they're playing a right back at centre-back. They're leaving Cooper on the bench because he's going to have to cover in the week. And it, it, it it's just infuriating that, that we do that. Um, so then, but then we come on to the fourth goal, which is another another good goal. Um, Granite Shacker's fifth of the season. Interestingly, he's our fifth player now on five or five or more goals. Um, he's best goal scoring season by a distance. And it, it's Saka who draws four players towards him, knocks it inside to Odegaard and a, a brilliant cross in for, for Xhaka pass. That was, uh, it was a beauty, right? It's another really good goal. Magnificent. Yeah, really, really, really good little play and then great vision by Odegaard. But I mean, we're used to that. And uh, yeah, the Xhaka, uh, is that seven goals this season, I think? Uh, in, in all comps, yeah, I think that's five in the league. That's amazing, really, isn't it? To consider because he's never one to known for his goal scoring, but it just shows you just kind of uh, vindicates uh, Arteta's decision to put him in a more advanced role because it's obviously proved he's he's scoring, he's creating, he's and he was in the right. It was a great header as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, wonderful goal, wonderful. Yeah, it goal. was it was a, a brilliantly timed run, Jazz, and he's he's getting really good at timing them runs into the box. I mean, he's been he's been good at it all season. But the last couple of games, he's got right back to that arriving late where where no one's picking him up. Yeah, it, it's great to see, too. It's just kind of like, I mean, Jacques is one of those people that I feel like, you know, he's maybe always had this in his locker, but he's kind of been taken off the leash, you know, uh, being able to get forward and stuff like that. And it, it's it's good to see, you know, uh, his redemption arc this season is, has just been uh, really good stuff. So I always get, you know, excited seeing Jacques like score and assist. Yeah, and it's funny, it's come partly as a result of some of the responsibility being taken off his shoulders, right? He's no longer the man who has to go get the ball from the back line and turn. He's no longer the captain who has to speak to the ref every opportunity. He's no longer Mm. the only creative force that we've got. He doesn't take every free kick that's on the halfway line. You know, we've taken a lot, and he he doesn't have to cover so much ground that he he used to have to cover. You know, we... Even when Arteta first come in and he had him covering central midfield and left back, doesn't even have to do that now because Big Gabby covers the two positions. Paz, it's, it's given him a new lease of life. It has, it has. And um, you can see revels in it as well. He's just, um, he, he's definitely, I, I, you know, he's the same Granite Shacker in that he's, he says what he thinks. He's a very authentic character, but he seems to have mellowed a little bit as well in terms of his temperament. Um, I, and I guess that probably comes hand in hand in how comfortable he feels in his role, how comfortable he feels at the club, um, where, you know, where he is with the fans. Um, 
that that I'm pretty sure they 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 you know they go they go hand in hand. But it it is kind of an indication to see that he's in a great place. Uh, I think he's in a great place mentally he's in a great place physically but also exactly what his role is at the club and of course behind the doors he's a big influence on the team we you, you saw that even in the documentary that he has a he's really well liked by the team um he's a big character he's uh he's someone who's not afraid to say what he thinks um and i think that that bodes really well for team morale you know he's not a big time charlie at all no, and I think that the maturing bit as well, I think, again, that comes with taking some responsibility off him as mm. well because he, he doesn't feel like he has to be Superman. He spent four years feeling like he had to be our defence, our midfield and our attack, our creative force, our defensive block. I mean, he was literally everything to everybody for a, for a long time. And now he doesn't have to do that anymore. And I think that's take a lot. And and you see the other side of his game too, just the header in the first half that, that Jesus couldn't quite get over and he, he put just over the bar. But that was a lovely little clip all across by Jacker. And we've seen him do that a few times this season. Yeah, he's had some some really nice balls in the box. And, um, you know, him just getting forward has been, you know, quite a quite a revelation for us this year. Um, I think that that summer that or sorry, I believe it was January when uh, Arteta uh, first came in and he was uh, strongly considering going to was it Hertha Berlin? Yeah. I her, yep. I mean, that's got to be one of the like biggest what ifs of the club in the in the you know past several seasons. I mean, imagine if we would have lost him at that point, you know, um, who knows where we would be? Honestly, he he's you know not from not from a purely goals assist standpoint but i mean he is literally one of the most important players on the team i believe yeah and i think that um and moving on to gabriel jesus real quick because i think we should touch on this those goals were so desperately needed he's a bit of a streaky striker um and we're coming into a spell now where perhaps we need them goals to start flowing ah uh, yeah absolutely absolutely and they are they are uh i mean you look at our game since okay there's always going to be, you know, the uh, celebration police and the negative Nellies out there that are going to question the quality of the teams that we played since we we lost to City. But, um, you know, Villa just beat Chelsea yesterday. We went to Villa and beat them 4-2. Fulham have come out with some fantastic results this season. We beat them 3-0 away. Uh, Palace have it in them to score some upsets. Beat them 4-1. Was it 4-1? Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we've cut Brighton, Brighton away. Um, you know, they, we, we, we're, we're delivering on result, but we're also getting phenomenally good score lines as well in the process. And, you know, we looked at those, those fixtures after Man City and we said, you know, these are all win, 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 win. If we're going to win the championship, we're doing exactly that. Yeah. It's going to get difficult, but the goals are coming in and they're coming in very, very freely. You can see Martinelli is a different player now to the one we saw post the World Cup. Uh, Jesus is back. He looks full of confidence, got his two goals. Trossard is getting assists like, you know, he's giving out candy. Um, and uh, Saka, you know, we know what he can deliver. So it's it's looking really good. I mean, we, we can't go into a Liverpool game more confident, at least of our ability to score goals than ever before when we've gone into these games. Yeah, yeah. All right, so um, let's do our little bit. Who do you want to send some flowers to, Pass? 
Who do I want to send some flowers to? What's yeah. this in relation from the to? From performance from like we did well, last Valentine's Day, we already had that. Yeah, pick a player. <laughs> who is your... Uh, uh, who do I want to send out? some flowers to? Okay, um, that's a good question. I didn't think of this. So um, I'm going to say... Uh, yeah, I don't want to go with the obvious because I know one of you might pick him. So I'm going to go... Um, just go... I would say Gabby Jesus, but I think it's just kind of an obvious one. So I'm going to say Ben White just because he gives the best interviews and he scored another goal again and he had the bug and he had his iffy moments, but he's still just a tremendous right back. And I love him to this. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Jazz for you, who uh, who you got from the weekend? Uh, I'm going to go uh, Trossard, I think. Um, a little bit of a, a shaky first half, but I think he, uh, you know, he, he pulled it together and had a, a really good second half another assist, just a lot of examples of, you know, quick feet and quick thinking again. Um, I, he, he really impressed me again. And I'm, I'm actually really glad we were able to get that signing over the line. So Trossard for sure. Yeah, that could be looking when we look back at the end of this season and I, I know everyone's already thinking about it. I'm not exactly uh, breaking new ground with this, but that signing could yeah. be absolutely instrumental in getting us over the line. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, crazy stuff. Um, I'm actually going to go with uh, Aaron Ramsdale. I thought he had, uh, I thought he had a great game again. Yeah. And I thought, you know, we we talk about him a lot for his kicking and um, what he does setting our attacks off. I thought that on Saturday it was his goalkeeping that really that really came to the fore. You know, and it's it's all well and good talking about his kicking and his distribution, but you don't get to this level, you don't play for a club like Arsenal if your goalkeeping isn't up to standard. Um, and I think you you saw that on on Saturday. He stands tall. He makes some great blocks with his face, with his shoulder. It's not an accident that the ball keeps hitting him in that massive head. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, he puts himself in position. He makes himself big, and he's hard to get past. And so, he probably would have saved that that shot. Yeah, um, absolutely. Without deflection. Yeah, yeah. He would have saved that without the deflection. So. I think um, he's going to be annoyed enough as it is this morning for losing his losing his yeah. cheat. So I think yeah. Uh, I think yeah I think Ramsdale deserves a, deserves a little bit of love for the way well deserves. The weekend. So all right, lads. Well, that's good. Let's let's leave the first half there. Um, has anyone got anything else from the game before we call it and move on to the second half? Uh, yeah. I have a quick maybe a discussion point, um, and uh, I don't want to touch on this too long because I know we've brought it up before, but I will say. I, for one, was um, was surprised we saw uh, Vieira come on late instead of Smith-Rowe. And that's starting to be quite a few games now where he's not even getting, you know, the <clears throat> the last few minutes. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I mean, is let's, this... Uh... You, let's do that in a second half because I think there's a bigger discussion to be had around subs than just, okay. than just that one. Um, because I know that I was very frustrated with, with the substitution patterns. Yeah. Um, on Saturday, and I know you were as well, Juz, and I, I don't know what your thoughts on this were, Paz. So let's let's touch on that when we come back for the second half, because I think okay. there's a bigger uh, there's a bigger discussion there than, than okay. just that. So, That's all good. right, guys. Well, let's um, let's leave the first half there, and uh, we'll see you after the break. Welcome back to part two of the non-negotiables. Um, before the break, guys, we um, we touched briefly on the uh, the substitution and the substitution patterns from the weekend. Um, a game that was 
absolutely in hand. We were 3-0 up after 55 minutes. We've had a stunt bug that's gone through the camp. I was screaming for subs. I, I, I just, I don't understand why you make two subs on the hour and then three on 86 minutes. I just, I don't get it. It baffles me. I thought we'd moved away from this with with Mikel, where he, he didn't ever want to use his subs. Judge, you've been outspoken on on this, the sub thing, before we get into who came on for who. I mean, can you rationalise why we're making three subs after 86 minutes? No, and it, it, it drives me mad as well. Um, again, you know, like you said, we we had the game in hand. You know, there's a lot of mitigating factors going on. And I don't see any point in waiting that long, especially when we have guys not even just about, uh, you know, shaving some minutes off other, of, of players, but we, we have guys that need minutes as well, you know, to, to get back up to fitness. I I know you could go either way with this one, but I mean, I probably wouldn't have played Saka at all. Um, you know, there was no need to bring him on when he did. And I, I know, you know, Paz brought up some some stuff about why and, and we can get into that. But I just feel like the subs were 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 a miss and they're always so late. And uh, yeah, it, it's frustrating to me. I know there's only, what is it? It's You get a three sub window. You right? get three three windows. Yeah. So I get if you want to save one yeah. for the last 10 minutes, I, I do understand that. But he made two subs on the 60th minute, right? So yep. that's one window, two on 60. He then waited until the 86th minute. So actually, he made two on the 85th and one on the 86th, which is even more bizarre. Yeah. But I just, I don't get it. Paz, I mean, were, were you screaming for earlier subs? It, it, you know, at least we had Partey off the field reasonably early. But when you've got Ben White out there and no cover right back and you know and you're worried you know with Saliba out we, we're kind of light at right center back too you've got Raw Waters sitting there on the bench I mean what are you thinking at that point yeah I I think I was a little less than you guys to be honest but um because I always look at party first because <laughs> I'm always the most worried about him maybe Zinchenko as well because of his record um I maybe don't dice i don't really analyze the others but i do see what you're what what justin's saying and what you're saying about why leave it so long i mean the only reason i only think it was saka my point on saka is i have i think with him in particular um, and i think this is something that arteta sees and most likely the england manager sees or i, I can't 100 percent you know um you, you know i, I can't 100 percent say that that is the, the the case but i think he's the type of player that you need to play continuously keep playing when he especially when he's in this type of form because he thrives of that and i think when you take out a full rest for him or two or, or or take him out of the game just purely to rest him maybe there's a thought process that you lose that momentum with Shaka, uh, with saka that that's all i can think of as to why he comes on and maybe comes on um uh, earlier in the game that you'd want that that you would maybe ideally want him to be as for the others um the late ones the only things i can think is again speculation is that Vieira. i don't think there's enough trust uh and i know it sounds weird because you're winning by 4-1 or whatever it is but i still think there's this element of distrust about how much Vieira can contribute with when it, in in odegaard's place and i think with smith rowe 
only other thing I can think of is they're still trying to get him back to fitness. But like Justin said, if you're only giving him five minutes or six minutes, I'm not sure how much that's going to contribute to his fitness level. Um, but yeah, it is slightly baffling, that stuff. I'm not going to lie. And and I do think also Zinchenko worries me as well because you lose him out of the team and uh, you, you've got a problem. But I just think now... It probably is not going to be a mindset that we're going to have because we're really going in again. We we now not not going to have any midweek games from what I, besides Man City. Besides that, it's just going to be a game a week, um, and I think that's a lot easier to manage than than what it would be if we were playing midweek games or Europe games or FA Cup. Um, it's going to be a lot lighter workload for us. So I don't think there's going to be too much thought process about the minutes that certain players get. It's just getting the win and I, I feel Arteta is going to think it's it, it, it's it's more than okay to be uh, to play the minutes that they're playing. No, I, I get that. And I do, I agree with you definitely on Sakari. He, it's momentum. He likes to keep, to keep momentum going. We've got a full week now before we go to Anfield. I understand that. Jesus came off on 60 minutes. That's clearly a plan. Like they knew going into this that whatever happened, you know, he's sitting there on two goals. He wanted a hat trick. He didn't want to come off. Yeah. But, but that was a plan. He was coming off on 60 minutes. Partey was coming off on 60 minutes, right? Mm. Like that is, that was decided already. So there, I've got, I got no issues with them subs. My issues are with Zinchenko coming off on 85 minutes for Tierney, Odegaard coming off for Smith Rowe, and then one minute later, Xhaka coming off for Fabio Vieira. They are the subs that I do not understand. We said this last week, just that, you know, our rotation, we we, we all know what the starting eleven is going to be. All right, there was a little wrinkle this week because Saka had been sick. But we know what it's going to be and the rotation really comes off of the bench rather than from the start and how early you make them. I just, I don't know, I just don't get, I don't get this. I don't get the point in waiting. But to your point, Juz, to go a bit more, uh, a bit more micro into this, um, once again, we're seeing Xhaka replaced by Fabio Vieira. Um, and Smith-Rowe comes on for Odegaard. This is kind of something we did hint at last week where we wondered whether Smith-Rowe was going to be the Odegaard replacement um, and Fabio Vieira would be the Xhaka replacement. We said Fabio Vieira looks more comfortable on the left-hand side of the pitch. I don't think he's impressed when he's tried to replace Odegaard as the as the linchpin. Um, I'm just not sure that, that that really is ever going to be his game. Um, Jazz, is this instructive or is it just, eh, it happened? I think it is a bit instructive, uh, to be honest. And <clears throat> it does have me um, a, a little bit concerned maybe for for Smith Rowe, like as a player in this team. I feel like um, his injury kind of came at, at the worst time to the point where he is um, hmm, kind of left behind a little bit. Um I think, uh, you know, Vieira is, and I like Vieira, you know, I like Vieira a lot, um, but he hasn't really had a, a game where he's been like lights out the entire time. You know, he's had great moments, um, but uh, overall performances, you know, he's still kind of, you know, flitters in and out of games, I think. Um, so I, I am, and I, I believe I said last week that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Smith Rowe jumped ahead of Vieira. <laughs> Um, and now that that hasn't happened, I do kind of feel like it, it might be a little, uh, I mean, I know this is one game, but I think it says a lot about kind of the pecking order and, and, and 
where players are going to go from here on out. What do you think? Do you think Smith Rowe's getting left behind a little bit or? I, I didn't think he was going to jump Fabio Vieira. I was a little bit surprised when you said that. Um, I think Arteta is, I think Arteta likes Fabio Vieira. I think he likes him a lot. Um, and I, I just, I didn't see, I, I don't want to make, the thing is right now, I, I don't want anything I say to be construed as a long-term plan. Do you know what I mean? Because I think yeah. this is, I think we came out of this international break with 10 games to go and players in whatever condition they're in. And all we're trying to do at the minute is get through these now nine games, right? So over the summer, I think anything can happen next year. Who knows? But at this moment in time, I do think that Fabio Vieira is the Granite Xhaka replacement, not Emil Smith-Rowe. Um, that's that's just how I see it. Paz, do you see do you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I can see why that that would be thought of. Uh, it does seem as if he is. Um, but is I that guess. also is that also not necessarily a bad thing for ESR because that kind of earmarks ESR as the Erdegaard replacement. And Odegaard is obviously the creative hub of the team. He's the linchpin. Um, I think if Odegaard didn't start, I, I do think it might be Smith Rowe and not Fabio Vieira. The the problem maybe for ESR could look at he'd rather not be a replacement for Odegaard, but you know a long term replacement well, for Granit Xhaka because he's young and older, isn't he? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Odegaard is not coming out of this team. Whereas at some point, Shaka is coming out of this team yeah. over the next two years. That is that is true. That is true. But, and I uh, think, oh, I mean, he did, he, his number is 10. I know numbers can be insignificant, but I think that was the intention for him when he did sign his contract, that he would be in that 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 hole, so to speak, because he is a creative player. But, uh, oh, sorry. You're, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. So I think that that was the intention for Smith Rowe. The thing is now things have changed with Odegaard being there. So yeah. if he is going to be that replacement, that's something I think he's. I don't know if he's going to be too pleased about. Um, I I I think he's a great player. I know we all sing his praises, and um, you know he scored for the under twenty ones. It's just a difficult one to predict what's going to happen with him. Um, I I just don't know because. He isn't playing a lot of games. I don't know if that's purely fitness. I can't say. But I know Arteta is, has been really good in the way that he's managed fitness of players. If you look at the way Jesus came back in, if you look at the way Zinchenko came back in party, the way that he's managing it really well, and there's a lot of patience. So it's probable that that, that is the reason why we're just not seeing enough of him. Um, but it's difficult to know. Um, because yeah, he... I, I do think that, these this running is different. Do you know what I mean? Like I do mm. think we have to look at this this next nine games in isolation. I, I don't think anything that happens in these nine games uh is a pointer to how the future is mm. is gonna go. Do you know what I mean? Like we have got nine games that we have to win. So I mean, even with these these late subs that that infuriated me so much, Arteta just didn't want to risk changing it. Like and we've seen this from him before. We've mm. seen him go entire games making no subs. We've seen this. He did not want to risk changing it. So I do think that that is that, that there is a chance that these this next block of nine games come the end of the season, you can kind of scrunch them up, throw them in the wastebasket, and and move on. Because I think this is 
this is going to be managed a little bit differently than over the summer, through the preseason, and then starting next season. I, I think there's genuinely a, a chance that this isn't instructive to the future. It's just about now. An interesting one for now. Um, I wondered aloud, I actually had a conversation with someone on Twitter last week who was insistent that uh, Reese Nelson should be offered a new deal. And my point, and I think we've spoken this before, is, is why would Reese Nelson sign a deal that was offered at 24 years old? Um and I think this game, what might be the most the the most telling thing to come out of this game is that we made the five subs with everyone and not even everyone fit really because Eddie's not fit, but we made the five subs. Reese Nelson wasn't one of them. No. Uh, just this is just the natural pecking order, right? Reese came on in a game when Reese had to come on in a game. Um, <clears throat> it, this one's a, a a little tough, I think, because I do wonder had Saka started the game like normal, if we maybe wouldn't have seen Reese come on and at the right wing, you know, on 60, 70, you know what I mean? So I think the fact that Saka didn't start, um, definitely hurt Reese's chances of coming on. And it's really hard for me to say for sure. Because I, I think he probably would. Saka starts the game. I could see Reese Nelson coming on as a as a late sub in Saka's position. Um, but you know, Saka was always going to play a part in this game. Um, you know, we always say that he's a he's a constant pretty much as long as he can play. So um, so I'm not too worried about you know Reese's place yet. But it's definitely um, a question mark. And and I agree with you. I, I I'd like to offer Reese an, a new contract, but uh, yeah, he. I mean. What what is he? I mean, he's down the line, you know, quite a bit. Um, I just I don't I don't see why he'd sign for his own career unless he just loves being a part of this kind of stuff so much. Yeah, and that's a problem we're going to come into for anybody, right? Because that is a position that obviously we have looked at and are looking at. But if I'm someone like Rafinha, why are you signing to play two league cup games and twenty seven league minutes? Yeah, that's. It depends if, if you know, Champions League as well. If we were in the Champions League, you know, Man City do it. They're well known for doing it where they switch the squad and they players around for like-for-like like players quality-wise. Uh, one for the Champions League and one for the league. So I guess it depends what's being on offer for that. I mean, obviously, League Cup is is what we would be talking about because we were not in the Champions League and Europa. Uh, but now we're going to be on another level. So actually having that, Saka wouldn't say replacement but for that like for like player would be useful in the rotation um or alternation um in in the European games because I think if you have someone of it's difficult to find anyone of Saka's quality anyway but if you have someone that you believe in that can do a job and and effectively that could be very useful for the Champions League because obviously we have the games on the weekend to think about um, and also maybe alternating in the games, which are maybe you're you're not so uh, when you look at the fixture, not so difficult opponents, giving that one a rest. I I I I think um, I think Nelson's really going to depend on if we want to go in the transfer market and get that Rafinha S player or whatever we were looking for on the right hand side to cover Shaka's position. Um, that's going to really depend on whether Arteta thinks Nelson is good enough to. Uh, you know, play in his role in in important matches. Um, if he doesn't, then I don't think he's renewing at all. And I don't think we're going to offer him one. 
Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. See, I just I think Saka's playing sixty games a season. I just I I think he's going to be challenging for the top goal scorers in the Premier League over the next few years, the same way that Salah did at Liverpool, and the same way that Salah played every game for Liverpool and England too. He's yeah, playing just, every game just, for England. Yeah, I just think Saka is going to play every game. Mm-hmm. I don't see. And, and this is why I scoff when people are always talking about, you know, we've talked about this before. You can't have 22 world-class players. You can't do it. You know, there's going to, it just won't work. So maybe the answer out there is to get a, a Trossard equivalent on that side who can maybe cover multiple positions. But again, it's not something that Arteta really likes to do. So I don't know. I don't know what the, what the answer is out there really. Obviously we do need someone, but, the whole idea of cover is that they're not as good as your first team. Otherwise, they would be the first choice players, and the you know the first choice would be the cover. So I don't know. It's um, it'd be an interesting one going forward for for that to see if we do look to bring someone in there. Um, uh, I was just going to say, pause. Pause brings up a really good point because it has me thinking. Um, would you guys trust Reese Nelson rotating in for Saka as a starter? Mm occasionally i mean i don't mean every game but at rotating in for saka in the champions league i just uh, i just i don't think he's there he excuse me i don't think he's there he's not at that level um i, I just i find that so difficult to answer because i just think whoever you get there there is going to be a, a, a huge drop off like we have this with with odegaard right do you trust fabio vieira to replace odegaard well not really we've seen it and it doesn't really work, but I don't know who you get in that can do that. You're not going to have a replacement for Saka that can come in and replace what Saka gives you. It doesn't yeah. exist. Mm. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. It's, you know, the cover thing is not something that bothers me as much. It, it, it sucks when you get a, a injuries in the same position, which is what we've got right now at the right, on the right side of our defense. Um, but I think, you know, and, and as the game progresses too, we look less at positions now, right? It's more about player roles and yeah. who can fulfill what role. And I just wonder if that's the answer for out there on that right-hand side, rather than it being uh, like a Saka clone, if you like. I wonder if it's going to be more of someone that can perform maybe a different role within a team. But taking Saka out, that right-hand side, I thought Odegaard had a pretty poor game as well at the weekend um and I think that right hand side really suffered from him not being there and it's familiarity as much as any as much as anything else it's not because anyone's a bad player Trossard is clearly not a bad player um but I just think he plays that differently to Saka and maybe we've just got to get we've just got to get used to a different role Paz what do you think about that yeah I I I it it's a really tough one because um, I, I see all your points on this. I just uh, um, that that's obviously an option because we've been doing it with, for example, Jesus being out. You know, we've got Trossard who's come in and, and can fill into that uh, centre forward role. Um, so that that could be the direction that they want to take. They want to take someone who's more versatile, who can play in the different and fit in um into the position that Saka occupies rather than a like for like or someone who's just strictly on the right hand side it's it's something i i can't really guess but i think i think what you said earlier on it it goes to this point the next nine games is all about the next nine games we're going to just go into that um and i think we're going to see changes in the summer there are going to be changes which 
uh, bearing in mind the Champions League, bearing in mind that we're going to be, if we do win the league, we're defending champions. Uh, um, so I, I think what we see now, I wouldn't read, I agree with you, I wouldn't read too much into what's going to happen in the future. Um, but it's definitely going to be interesting to see what they do in the summertime. Yeah, agreed. Talking about now, um, the big question on everyone's lips is, are we going to have our big willy for Sunday? Right? Like, that's the that's the big one. Um, Jazz, obviously, we haven't heard anything yet. And to be fair to Rob Holding, he hasn't he hasn't put a foot wrong, but you really don't want to see him start at Hanfield. Uh, no, I, I don't. Um... I I don't consider myself harsh on on Rob Holding. I I like him a lot. Um and and yeah, you're right. He's had two uh you know solid solid games deputizing. Um, but yeah, I, I don't want to see him at Anfield. And it's nothing really against the player. I just think Saliba's been so strong there all season, and he you know gives us things that that Rob can't. Um, yeah, and Holding's done what Holding is there in the squad to do. He's yeah. come in. He's given you two solid games plus one off the bench and he's he's performed it admirably we've we've said the whole time the problem with rob holding is when he has to do too much yep. and mm-hmm. i think this third game I, I i have a fear that it will be a game a game too far just i mean we we obviously don't know anything about what's going on with with saliba yet um did you notice the slight difference in in the game on Saturday that that Big Gabby was playing a bit further forward again? Like on the the game before, we'd said that they'd kind of switched roles and Big Gabby was more of a sweeper. Um, whereas this game, it, it went back to the other way around again. Um, I don't know if that's just because of the way that Leeds set up, or if that was a a conscientious thing. Did you did you notice that? I did notice that. Um, and, you know, I don't have a definitive answer. I kind of just assumed it was because, you know, Gabby is going to be better on the ball, um, you know, for, for like distribution purposes and playing closer to midfield and stuff. But, you know, that that's kind of just a guess on my part. Um, yeah, because he was almost playing in midfield for a, for a lot of that game, Gabby, because yeah. when we were when we pressed him back in. He um he would be playing kind of in between the halfway line and, and their box. And he actually had right. a lot of possession there. Um, obviously at Anfield, that's not going to be the case. We're not going to have as much possession as we as we usually do. Um, I I just you know I just I really hope Saliba is is back for that, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. So elsewhere, there was a couple of other big things that happened in the world of football. Um, over the uh, over the weekend, we'll start with uh, something that broke during the first game today, and that was uh, Brendan Rodgers getting the sack at Leicester. Uh, past us, uh, it's about time, right? Yeah, it's long overdue, I think, from their standpoint. Um, they, you know, it's so funny we were linked to him, weren't we? Uh, when uh, before Arteta joined us, um, and there was uh, when we, and there was this all uh, big um, thing about Leicester overtaking us as a top six team, and look what Rogers has done, and um, he's kind of a weird manager because he seems to rejuvenate a team for a couple of seasons. He did that with Liverpool. Um, and then he'll have an excellent season with them. And then suddenly he gets found out or I don't know, it just gets too predictable. I don't know what happens, but they just fall apart, especially defensively. It's one thing that he's not known for is defensive uh, mobilization. Um, and we've seen that with this Leicester team. They 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 did when he first went, there was this speculation he might join us. And he was saying no, and he's staying with Leicester and he was the best thing around. And then, 
you know, now we see they're, they're, they're totally in free fall and basically half of their team want to leave as well. And um, I think that's what's going to happen at summer, if, as, uh, whether they stay up or not. But yeah, it, it was long overdue, I think. Yeah, I think he's, he, he just, did he just stay there too long? Like Pochettino at Spurs should have left a year or two before eventually they had to sack him. I think did Rogers just stay too long when he should have he should have walked and probably looked for a bigger job when it when it was probably more likely. Yeah, I think so. Um, he would have had uh, a much better job, a much better chance landing a big job, I believe, if he would have walked when his stock was a little bit higher. Um, well, a lot higher, really, um, when he had you know Lester playing. You know, like Paz said before uh, Arteta came in. You know, I think his stock was really high at the time. Um, I still remember them like dominating us, winning, I think, 3-0. That was the game everybody thought Emery was going to get sacked. Mm. Um, you know, I think his stock was really high, and he could have went uh, a lot of places. And now I, I kind of struggle to see what level he's going to go to. Um, yeah, he just doesn't seem like a very good long-term manager. Uh, comes in, shakes things up, does a pretty good job, plays decently attractive football, but the longer he's there, it just turns really stale. Yeah, and uh, the manager that did leave at the right time and did take the big job and has earned an awful lot of money through it, uh, Paz, R.I.P. Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, um, I, again, you know, at least uh, it wasn't a week before playing us, so they've got a bit of time to get over their managerial bounce, and then we can uh, we can just uh, put them to the sword. But yeah, it's it, it, it looked on the cards. No matter how much board talks about the long term, I think we were the exception on that, where they actually really did mean it. Um, I think with Potter's case, they just look like devoid of ideas. I do feel weird for him in some respects because it's just so odd. You get rid of Tuchel, um, you invest heavily, you let him buy players, or whether he did or whether he did. But anyway, I was, was going to say, I, I don't think he bought anyone. I think he yeah, was given yeah. a bunch of players. Well, you're given yeah. a bunch of players to work with, whether it's your, you've given the decision on it or whatever. You're giving him a bunch of players. You want him to operate, and then you sack him after a few games into the new season. Then you get another one in, whether he's played a part in it. You say another load of money for players that they don't, didn't really need um, and uh, copy us in the transfer window. And then... Um, say well get on with it here is your future and um i think he was just i just didn't think he was screwed from the start to be honest and i think um uh he um i think to last six months is quite admirable because i thought he would have gone earlier than that um but i don't think they could wait until the end of the season because they're in free fall as well they just look terrible they look really uh, yeah they dominated against filler in respects they had chances and stuff but they just have no no uh no avenue for goals i I think they're really missing uber to be honest Uh, i'm I'm joking about that (laughs) um but um (laughs) but yeah i I think i I just think they're in a they're they're really in a in a a bit of a shit show at the moment yeah and and for potter i think this this could be the best thing that's ever happened to him i mean i know we had a debate when he went there I, i said when one of these jobs come up you have to take it because there's only so many of these big jobs Yes, mm. it's a basket case club, and yes, you're probably not going to last too long. But I don't think getting sacked by Chelsea does that much damage to your reputation because everybody gets sacked by Chelsea. So, I, you know, I don't think he's that bad. Judge, what's the uh, odds uh, he turns up on the dark side of North London next season? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I was I was uh, just going to make that point as well. I don't think this um, this is going to hurt him too badly. Um but you know it it would be pretty crazy if he does go to Spurs. Um, 
continuing their history of hiring ex Chelsea <laughs> managers. It, he'll be like the fifth one in in just a, <laughs> just a few years. Um, I've got a, a a mate that supports Spurs that that really doesn't want him. Um, a lot to do with his with the Chelsea. I don't history. think any of them do. But you know, we were saying last week that I, I think they're going desperate. They're they're really desperate to try and find their Arteta. And yeah. uh, Potter has this reputation as a project manager. Uh-huh. And I just wonder if they're looking at him and they're going, you know what? We could get in a load of young players. We could get some of these older players with a big money off the wage bill. You know, there's a good chance that Kane might leave this summer. I, I think they're going to try and move Son on. Um, maybe they do try and move them players, go younger and get someone like Potter in. That wouldn't surprise me at all. I think they uh, they have to rebuild. Like they're looking at a, a situation where if they try to like limp along on the backs of Sun and Kane again, uh, they're it's not going to go well for them. I think uh, now is their best opportunity to to be patient with the manager for a little while and really try to rebuild. But you know, I mean, it's Tottenham and Levy. You know, they're they're going to Tottenham, I guess. Yeah, unfortunately, they've they fucked it. Basically, they should have done this two years ago, maybe a year ago cashed in when they could have got serious money. But now they're really, for for them players in particular, I I don't see a market there for them. So I think they've missed it. And then Chelsea, there's a lot of talk that they've done it now because Nagelsmann's available. I don't know how true that is. I just, I still think with Simeone leaving Atletico at the end of the season, he's an evil, evil man. He seems (laughs) a perfect fit for Chelsea, doesn't he, Pass? Yeah, for both teams, actually. Uh, Both clubs, he seems perfect. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised with something like that. It just seems um, he's uh, – I just don't want him in the Premier League. Can you imagine playing one of his teams? Oh, my God. It's it's hard enough when you're when you're playing teams that part of the bus. But he really – and he's just such a – just seems like an awful person. I don't know. You know, he just doesn't seem like a nice guy. He's no, not someone absolutely. you take to, is he? He's, no, I mean, he's like an even worse version of contact. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's you, yeah. I'd probably even have Mourinho at the dinner table than him. Yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> yeah, you you know he's an you know he, he throws bags of kittens out of the car window and yeah, you, you know what? Oh, human being. Yeah, he's, a, he's just... a horrible human being. You you can see what Simeone is, but that's why I've always thought he would be a perfect fit for Chelsea. Yeah, anti football, the evilness, just just the whole the whole thing. I think they they they're just made for each other. It does does seem like the writing's on the wall. If that that uh, was it, Nagelman. If he doesn't go, I think Nagelman, that's uh, yeah. Nagelman. Yeah, I, it, I know. We'll we'll see what happens with with him. But there's, um, I believe that Carlo Ancelotti is leaving Real Madrid at the end of the season. I think he's going to manage the Brazil national team. Um, and uh, I think if that happens, the Real Madrid job's open. If if Nagelsmann is going to be sought after like that. I mean, you got to imagine if Madrid won him, that's where he's going, right? Yeah, I, I would. I would. My my deal because I all I care about is us getting over the line and winning this league. So for me, my ideal situation is whoever they're going to recruit, do it in summer and just put in a temporary man. You know, I don't know, Jody Morris or someone who, like that. And have him manage the team till the end of the season. Jody and, Morris uh, and uh, <laughs> Jody Morris and Michael Dubry. Yeah, and then Eddie Newton as well, you know, have them in. And, you know, just something like that, and they have that to the end of the season. Let us hammer them at home, and then whatever they want to do in summer, they can do it, just as long as we're league champions. I don't they, care um, about what they do. They do what they want. They they do play uh, They do play City as well at the, uh, at the Etihad. Let me see when that is. 
And they play Liverpool actually this week, don't they? They do, yeah. Which actually might help us because that's an extra game for Liverpool that they're going to have to put a lot of effort into. Maybe. Yeah, we, me and Jazz actually spoke about this last week in that we, we catch them on the, the end of that three game swing of City, Chelsea, and then, and then us. And I think <laughs> I would, I would definitely rather catch them at the end of that than the, than the beginning. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got, so I think we play Chelsea before Man City. Yeah. Man City playing the penultimate game at, uh, at the Etihad. So. You know they do they do play us both, but I, you know they are what they are. I don't see our new manager is going to come in and make Mudrick score one on ones. Do you see that? Yeah, yeah I, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Quality Makes miss. you love Trossard more, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. quality quality miss. We've we've had and, and talking of quality misses, we've had a few quality misses when you when you think about it. You know, with with missing out on Martinez and getting Zinchenko and missing out on Vlavic and getting Jesus, quality misses are, are our thing. Uh, absolutely, we've got we've got very good silver linings, that's for sure. Um, yeah. If you think of what we've got at the end of it, um, are, you, are you talking about Martinez that just that signed for the potential league champions? Is that who that's, you're talking about? That's right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know yeah. if you saw this, but they, they they suffered a blow to their title hopes today. <laughs> they uh, they they lost at Newcastle. Is it a 22 point? <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, so they they're, they're 22 points behind now. So that's you know that's that's a blow to their. What's the, their what do you hope. think Gary Neville's going to maybe change his summary? Because I think didn't he say they're going to finish ahead of us when we beat Spurs away? He's that's doing the rounds again. Yeah, um, I, I think he still. Uh, thinks he might that. have to reassess. No, I think he still thinks that. <laughs> <laughs> He's sad. Uh, they might. The thing He's is, sad. the only reason they're going to make top four is because the rest are crap. Because Tottenham can't. You know, Tottenham are Tottenham. Chelsea are nowhere. Liverpool look. Yeah, that's awful. that's the one. That's the it's one. Only bright because you know, three three weeks ago, I was convinced that Liverpool were going to finish third. You know, I was never on this United train. No, you never were. I, I, I looked at it. At the, you know, they played the bottom eight. They played them all at home, and they mm. won a few games. Well, that's kind of what you're supposed to do. Mm. Um, and th- their numbers weren't even good doing it. That you know, their mm. goal difference is four. you know it it tells you a lot so I I, you know I really thought Liverpool would finish third I I didn't see Liverpool continuing to fall apart the way the way they have and I mean I just hope it happens again on again on Sunday because I I do I do feel like that's kind of a must win for us now but we'll get into that one we'll get into that one later in the week um yeah so all right boys let's let's leave it there for tonight um and we'll uh, we'll come back later in a week and we'll we'll preview Liverpool and uh and look ahead so well thank you very much lads and um uh, for everybody at home you can find us at the nn pod on twitter on facebook and instagram so come check us out leave us a message and we will see you all later in the week see you later guys right. good, good night. Night.